Welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 284 of the Fret Talk Podcast. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. That is me. Woo, woo, woo. You are joined by, oh my gosh, it is Josh. Oh my gosh, it's Josh. Oh my gosh, it's Josh. Woo. Boom, yeah. And we've also got Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, it's the dream team. We don't need to say it out loud. This is this is A A one. Sorry, Lee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just throwing throwing shade straight like from the get go. Um, but yeah, so it's number episode number two eight four, and we are we just we're here. How are we, gentlemen? How are we? Tired. Tired. I, I can I can agree with that. Tired also. Indeed. I've had about. Six and a half hours sleep since Saturday night. Because yeah. yeah. the cough that I've had with this flu lurgy going on, it seems to kind of be just as I'm rolling, you know, calming down to go to bed, it's suddenly like, now it's time to sing the song of my people. And yeah, it's not been a fun week. Mate, you're preaching to the choir there. Like I, I had two nights two weeks ago where it was literally just no sleep at all. It was fucking horrendous. Uh, fortunately, I'm I'm getting over it now. So thank thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> it will be. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> it will be. It will be less editing for my my job this week. Last week it was 21 instances of coughing that I that I'd marked on the thingy. There were still a couple that got through the. Uh, <laughs> like if you listen to filter. the actual podcast, there's there's about two or three coughs that are still in there. Just rest assured, listener, that there would have been another 21. Had I not <laughs> like paid due diligence and marked them all off, hopefully this week I'll I'll grab them all. I've made it so that it's really easy for me to mark off the the points in the podcast where I need to edit this week. So that's that's pretty cool, um, gentlemen. As as per usual, we're going to bask in the the glory of our own doings this week. Who wants to go first? I think we should probably go Matt because our, our Josh has got a big, big meaty one this week. Yeah, I've yeah, got a lot to talk about, so Matt can go first. Yeah, I mean, I I just want to rant at my bandmates because I rocked up to practice. Like, we decided to learn four songs. Yeah. Um, And immediately as we got there, they decided to learn a different song that wasn't any of those four songs. <laughs> Standard. And I was like, great, okay, I've not looked at this, but sure. I mean, it's it's like four chords, so that's fine. Immediately, they then decide to drop the drop the tuning. Or not drop the tuning, but, you know, drop yeah, it down yeah, a bit to, key, to bring yeah. it. So it's Boys of Summer, Summer by Don Henley, and it's quite high up there. So, and Logan was just like, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it down to here and i'm like okay that's fine it's three chords yeah like i can i can mo- like i can move a one four five chord sequence wherever you want me to move it yeah, yeah that yeah. one was fine like uh, i was like e- there's a guitar solo as well but i'll just work out what key it is and it sounds like it's played around the 12th fret which means i just need to drop it down to whatever three semitones or whatever it is yeah i'll just that's it, pretty it, kind of straightforward it, isn't it that it's it's gonna be a fucking box shape i just need to move the box shape down three frets it's fine and then we get to fucking so we've gone for ridiculousness as like because we haven't played for like six months. By the yeah. time we next gig, we're gonna like just do something a bit ridiculous. So Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart nice. is one that was, like it'll go down a storm with drunk people. 
Yeah, oh, so absolutely. We like, yeah. yeah, I'm for it right now, and I've not had a so drink. That is the 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 opening chord of that is a B flat minor. Yeah. So I've learned it with the opening chord being a B flat minor, and Lorcan goes right. No, we're dropping it right down. The opening chord is not a B flat minor anymore. It's now an E minor, and I'm like, great. No, okay. no, no, it's not, mate. No, it's not. I'm, I've only that's, got a certain fine. amount of fretboards and like, I can't go down I, any further than that. Yeah, but everything is low. So I, I was playing it like I put a capo on one because it's like it's B flat minor, it's C sharp, it's fucking, yeah, F and like A flat. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is capo one, really simple stuff. Yeah, and immediately he's like, no, we're starting with, starting with an E minor and going from there. And I'm like, okay, everything I've learned is now completely useless to me because I can't go down <laughs> because I've started, like everything is like there and a little bit further down and you've just taken down away from me. I can't go down from an open E minor. There's no more down. Yeah, your option <laughs> there is, there is, is no more down. Like capo in a, uh, like nine or something, <laughs> seven, sorry. Yeah, ca- capo seven, and I don't think that quite works the same. No, you've... It makes you've, you sound like a ukulele. Yeah, you've run out of all of the kind of bottom end there, haven't you? It's... Yeah, so basically I've got to go away, write down the actual chords, then write down what they are transposed six down. <laughs> the option you have picked chord is not in use please make a note of it yeah so yeah i've got that to do which is mildly frustrating and yeah, yeah. but you know it is what it is and like it, i'm sure like i say drunk people will absolutely love it so yeah. it'll be worth it in the end it's just a case of fucking hell <laughs> it's just like yeah you play along to it at home and you're like yeah no this is fairly simple okay it's, it's not like a standard salt chord structure you, you, you jump around a bit so you really got to play along to it four or five times to get it stuck in your head. Yeah. And all of that is now useless. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those 80s tunes, isn't it, where they, look, it's it's simple chords, but the, the structure of it really fucks yeah, with it, you. Yeah, there's there's no, like, the verse structure isn't a structure, and the chorus, chorus, like, it's not like it repeats four bars, like, four times, and then changes them, and does that another four times. It's not like that at all. Yeah. Oh, we've got it's, one of them. It's uh, Because of the Night by Patti Smith. Both me and the keyboard player look at each other at different points in the song <laughs> where I know that he doesn't know this bit despite us having played it for a year and a half. Yeah. And he knows that I don't know the next bit which we've played for a year and a half. <laughs> and we just like, every time, how do we not know this? Like, this is like having a blind spot in your music. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, no, no I totally get it. But yeah, like, so... Yeah, I basically learned that and wasted all my time learning it because we're changing the key. Um, but I guess we didn't know that until we attempted it in the original key and it was far too high. Yeah. How we didn't realise that, <laughs> given his body time has totally eclipsed the heart, I don't know, but... Yeah. You would have thought that he would have gone through it at home and just strummed a couple of chords and went, oh, this is... Wow, this is this is a challenge. I best tell the boys. <laughs> yeah, and actually, no, to be fair to him, he has just had a small child, so getting oh. some time to himself... Oh, were they? Yeah, fair play. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm actually ranting, and it's probably a little bit unwarranted, but you know, I've got a bitch about something, haven't I? So yeah, I mean, that's like otherwise <laughs> we'd just be here and like, what you've been up to this week? I was and uh, yeah, and fine. then yeah. the final yeah. thing I've done is learn all apart from the solo of Jump because of, by Van Halen because I can't tap and <laughs> it's going to be hard. So I just, I just 
basically it got to, we we went through the whole thing and it got to the the solo and I literally just hit my palm into the strings for the solo bit and I'm like I'm not fucking learning it now we'll do that later we uh, haven't got any gigs gigs lined up so it's just like just making weird noises I'm like this sounds roughly like the solo they're all fucking looking at me like I've got seven heads yeah <laughs> Matt what the fuck <laughs> I was like I haven't learned the solo yet it's fucking I don't whiddly whiddle yeah there are options which are not what you're doing currently <laughs> which are better like, silence is fine <laughs> I reckon yeah. what you do is you you get a kazoo, like headstock mounted, and when that solo comes up, kazoo comes out, microphone comes on, and you <laughs> kind of kazoo along to the, the solo. Well, I, what I was contemplating for, for rehearsal next week is I'll have my phone set to the start of the guitar solo and I will pick it up off the top of my amp, press the play button and hold it to the hold it to the pickups so that it plays through. And we're like, yeah, look, I could do it. Yeah. Nope. Perfect. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. <laughs> and I didn't even have to use my hands. Yeah. It he's didn't... fucking he's gotta use two hands on his fretboard and I don't use any. I mean that's that is definitely one way of getting around it. I was like I was I was just thinking you could have a like a permanent ditto looper on your uh, on your pedal board with that solo like, loaded <laughs> into it. Yeah, just stamp on that, turn your volume down, and do something that looks kind of similar. <laughs> my my other thought was just doing the most bluesy solo ever, just <laughs> like something really slow and melodic and bluesy, and just seeing what people's reaction would be. Take that, Van Halen. <laughs> I can write a solo better than you. I mean, you can now, he's yeah. dead, so... Like, yeah, I suppose. But yeah, no, like I, I do want to attempt to learn it because it's a style of music that I've never really tried to learn like the last time i attempted to learn tapping i'd been playing for about three months and wanted to play along to metallica's one and that's 17 years ago at this point so oh dear i found like whenever i'm tapping is um i'll use the pick instead of my finger to tap and you just get a lot more kind of um clarity and definition coming through with it Oh, there's yeah. there's certain tapping licks that you cannot, you just cannot do with, with like edge of pick because there there are certain guitarists who do that, aren't there? I think um, Angus Young does that in certain songs, where he kind of taps the side of the pick and does like a faux tapping thing. No, you there's no substitute for, uh, for actual tapping. Van Halen used to pick like he'd, he'd have to pick between his thumb and middle finger, and he'd use his like pointy finger index finger for those who aren't like five pointy <laughs> finger the pointy finger and he'd like he'd use that yeah he'd use that to to do the tapping i assume because it's like more dexterous than the rest because like that that's the finger you use for pretty much everything and it yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> um so that that was his technique but uh, like on the other way around, where I like I'll keep my picking hand standard and I'll use my middle finger to to do the tapping. Yeah, I don't know what my technique will be yet. I'm yet to attempt it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which one of us is correct? I mean, Van Halen, the the Godfather and <laughs> master of tapping, or fucking blues dad? Like you, you choose. You choose your your style. I won't take it personally, Matt. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I do, I, I really don't like the idea of changing my pick hand though. <laughs> 
yeah, so yeah. I might just copy it. Like I'd, that would just fit. if I if I was to try and hold a pick and yeah, that's just wrong. Like and do like like the half rock ears. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the only person who does does it that way. There's there's quite competent like shreddy shreddy boys and girls who tap with the middle finger as well. So it's it's not that I've made it up. It, it's it's a legit thing. It's just I'm not very legit at it. Shreddy's wheat. Shred- <laughs> that's just, that was just an idea that came to the top of my head with shreddies. And all. I mean, if you if you start eating shreddies for breakfast, maybe then the solo will come more naturally. Who knows? Right, I best because you like we mentioned, Josh. You've got a big old chunky chunky boy this week. Big girthy. Yeah, but don't let me kind of don't you know? If you need to go first, then go ahead because. Yeah. That could be a while. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like quickly breeze through mine, and when we can talk about yours, because yours is a big chunky boy. Um, so this week I did the Tiger Eye Distortion on the No Talk or Tone Midweek, which is awesome. It's really good. Like it was surprisingly good. I thought I'd tried it before, but I hadn't. I I checked the, the box when I went to go record it and it was still sealed up. So I just may have dreamt that I'd tried it before. <laughs> um it was really good. Like very, very like it had a load of clarity, especially considering it's a distortion. Lots of clarity. Um which you don't tend to find. You tend to find like oversaturation and like really kind of controls on it that get it get it to be muddy and there was none of that it was all like even when you rolled back on the the treble control it was still giving you like quite a thick sounding but clear um distortion tone really yeah just i, I was surprisingly like obviously i've got the video on pedal boards are doing to uh to come with it but it's surprisingly versatile yeah, yeah, really, really much so. And it was it was one of these pedals that people kept asking for on my channel. So unsurprisingly, it's done very well. Like it's at about three hundred views now, and that's like two or three days on something like that. So that's pretty cool. I did, I didn't look at the name of it and assumed it was a drive pedal when I was listening. Yeah, like it's it sounds much more clear than what I think of distortion. Yeah, and it's that, isn't it? It's, it's got that kind of uh, upper mid range content oh. that you that, that you tend to find is the compressed bit of a distortion. It's almost like um, the tone you get out of a S, uh, DS one, but like uh, half of the gain, where it's you, you've still got some of the clarity and you've still got like the. Almost like the, I think it's where the diodes aren't quite in the mix just yet, and you've still got like that headroom still going on. So you've still got the the, uh, the clarity and the dynamic range. It does a lot of that. So yeah, I was really impressed with that. Really impressed. Um, and then at the end of the week, which is, is not out yet, but it will be out by the time this podcast is, is the Wampler Triumph. Triumph. I've already done the Phenom. Phenom. Yeah, you did. The Phenom. Uh, yeah, I mean, mentioning the uh, the Tiger's Eye, actually, it reminded me a little bit of the Phenom. The Phenom's obviously got more 
uh, like more to it because it's got the the three band EQ, and I think it does a wider range of the gain spectrum. But it's it's very much in that ballpark. So I really like that. the the uh, The Triumph is, I think, potentially a little bit of a hidden gem going on here. I mean, I was always going to like the drive, weren't I? I was always going to like the drive. But the uh, the thing with overdrive usually is you get one tone with an overdrive, don't you? You get you get the one tone. Um, you get like the gain a little bit more, which usually compresses it a bit too much. And then you like the tonal sweep doesn't really do a great deal because you've got like the muddy end and then the really spiky end and then you've got the sweet spot. Because this has got the three band EQ, the, the Wampler Triumph, you can get kind of faux blues driver tones by scooping out the mids. You get that really kind of percussive attacky drive tone. Or you can push the mids up and get more tube screamery, like more of a tube screamery territory. You can, like with the Bad Monkey, you can dial in the amount of bass so you don't have to lose lose a bit of bass like you usually do with a tube screamer. It's a really, really versatile pedal. And apparently there's two internal uh, trim pots as well, which I haven't messed with. But there's even further tonal options in there. But like, just from the get-go, really, really versatile. And it's just really cool. So we'll be looking out for that one. I think, again, I think it might be a quite a popular one on my channel. Um, and there's, there's some news about my channel as well, actually. But <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, I think we're probably going to save a little bit of that for the page. We've got we've got a few things, a few things that are happening over at Budget Pedal Chap uh, HQ. And I think we'll save it save it for the page because we've got a big old chunky chunk of Josh news to go through. Yeah, it's not often I kind of take the center stage with it. So uh, I have spent the last few days playing around with the new. Cortex 2.0 update and um, yeah. I was vaguely along the lines on the last podcast like there were some bits that I had spoken about that actually kind of had come through with it and some things I was way off yeah. as always um, so the the kind of the standout with this has now been the integration of hybrid mode which I already love I think it's absolutely fantastic. So you get three modes on the Cortex. So you get like um, your preset modes. You've got you know, presets one to eight. Um, within each of the presets, you can then set up like eight scenes. So then you go to scene mode. And then so, you, you know, you say yeah. you've got your Marshall JCM 800. So you can have like a lead, a lead scene, um, clean, boost, you know, drive, crunch, whatever. Um, and then you've also got um, stomp mode. So, you know, say if you just have the amp and you just want to, like, treat it as a pedal board, can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the hybrid mode, you can now blend all these together. Whoa, so whoa, whoa. say, yes, yeah, so say, like, um, 
you want to use preset mode and scene mode together, you can. So you can set it so the bottom, so you get four, and you get four at the bottom, four oh, at the top. Okay, of the so presets. You're splitting it into like so two the banks. four at the bottom can be say like you know you could have like a marshal, a fender, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you can have the four scenes on top of that as well. Um, so you can what, then so four, switch like four scenes per patch. Yeah, because you. Yeah, yeah. So it's, instead of it being eight, it's it's then four because yeah. you split because you kind of got your top row doing one part and then your top row you, doing your another row, part. Yeah, doing doing a yeah. completely. Different. So does that mean you could have then like theoretically sixteen different sounds based on one thing? Yeah. So you have like four lots of four there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So like originally, to be fair, when I first got it, I thought you did it all as like the presets. So like I made the eight presets not realising that kind of scene mode existed. And then there was just that kind of literally like a, as it changes to the preset, just the slightest kind of like... Yeah, like um, almost kind of glitchy kind, kind of switching. Yeah. That's like completely disappeared now when you go into like hybrid mode. So say like if you are going from like a Marshall to your, to your Fender in a completely different preset, can do. And it, it, it's... Yeah, instantly. It's like it's like the scene mode; it's instantaneous. Um, but like, say, you, if you don't want scene and presets, say that you want um, presets and stomps. You can do presets and stomps. Um, you can interchange them whichever way you want, whichever way works for you. And say, like, if you've already um, set up, say, well, all the pedals I want to use are on the bottom, not on the top. <laughs> Then you yeah. just drag the pedal. You, you can just then drag it to whether you want it to be like on the top or on the bottom. So you don't have to then, um, you know, so I've got to now, you know, move these four pedals down to there and those four pedals up to there. Yeah. So it, it kind of works wrong with how you've already done um, your presets, which is really useful. I've already kind of had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it um, sounds like the kind of stuff you do with a with a MIDI switcher. Yeah. But, yeah. But then with it like built in within the unit. So it's like massively extending the usefulness of the, of the unit itself. Yeah. Um, another like, there's some bits and pieces that I didn't really talk about in the video. Cause I felt like there weren't necessarily things that were kind of worth spending the time on. Um, yeah. Because they're not like necessarily um, kind of, I wouldn't say just applicable to me, but um, it wasn't worth kind of taking over the time. So they've they've added um, a complete um, global uh, cabin IR bypass. So say if you're running it with a power amp, as like you know, say an effects loop, effects unit, or whatever. Yeah, um, you can then just completely disable every cab in the unit. Oh, okay. So, um, like, if you're running one of those, every like, IR that's in the cabinets unit. that that do the modelling within the within yeah. the speaker itself, or if you wanted to run it through yeah. a speaker, which is yeah, because you don't want to well, then either either yeah, it's like say like obviously I run mine through monitors, so kind yeah. of yeah, my you monitors want to be... are quite well flat responsed anyway. Yeah, so you want that the imprint of a cab to give like give a more natural guitar sounds whereas if you yeah. were running it through like a marshall 412 say like you rocked up at a gig 
and they says, oh yeah, we've got backline and they've got like a 412 Marshall. You know, like, you can just turn it. You haven't got to kind of go into every preset then and turn the cap off. You can just go bosh, done. Yeah, yeah that makes just, that makes things a lot, lot more simple, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, they've added stuff like um, a global EQ that you can put in before, and you know, you you know, kind of before your guitar hit. Say if you've got a really dark sounding guitar or a bright sounding guitar, it's almost like a preamp kind of um, feature. Uh, they've added in gain reduction meters to compressors now, so you can actually see what. Um, oh, like you can see the you know, compressor working. The actual gain reduction. Yeah. Um, Another feature I think has actually been really useful is they've got something called device versioning. So now, they're obviously, they're on 2.0, but they've had, you know, say, 10 updates between 1 and 2, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, like, they've changed the sound on, I don't know, the Tube Screamer that you preferred in version 1.2. You can then pick version 1.2 of the Tube Screamer. Or Oh, shit, so of- they've, they've loaded all of the previous revisions in as well. Yeah, they've called it like device versioning or something like that. Yeah. So then it'll come up like, you know, uh, 808 drive, like legacy. So it'll be an older version of it, for example, which nice. I think is quite useful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, pr- another big feature they added was, um, so you could already, bear with me with this. So you, obviously you could already upload IRs and then use IRs on the cabs. Which was which was useful, but then the most you could really do with it was either just like pan left, pan right, and change the volume. Yeah, that's now gone out the window. They've got an independent cab load IR loader, so mm-hmm. um, you can upload your IR. So you've got um, single or so you've got uh, yeah single or dual. So you can have one IR or two, mm-hmm. and then both of those also have mono and stereo. So you can have dual stereo panned. IRs, but then you've also got then the ability to tweak them. So you can add like high pass, low fat pass, yeah. um, like room mix, delay, oh, fate, like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's almost so like getting kind in, of wall of sound levels of uh, editing there, isn't it? Within yeah. the unit itself. Um, I, I've got a load of like kind of Metallica sounding um, IRs and I. In the video, don't we know? Don't we know? Yes, yes, we do. (laughs) Um, And I was playing around with having them in stereo, but then kind of having one as if it was mic'd further back in the room, and it sounds fucking excellent. It sounds so good. I was genuinely really, really impressed. Uh, New devices. We've now got the John Petrucci Two C Plus amp. That's been added. So you've got um, channel one, two, and three. Yeah. And then channels, obviously, channel one is your clean, two is your crunch, three is your, you know, your chunky rhythm lead. Yeah. But it's even added like um, you've got presence pull, gain pull, shred mode, which the amps have as well. Yeah. Um, really good sounding amps, actually. Um, I think I'm going to find a lot of use for them. Yeah, you reckon they're going to be a be a mainstay, like a new yeah new um, I went f- uh, when I was on doing the video. I I want to put the clean one, and I thought, oh, there's they've captured like or they've modelled. He's um he's got the TC Dreamscape. Oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah 
Yeah. So they've got that on there. So it's like, okay, perfect. Put that on there with some delay and some reverb. And it was instant JP tones, nice. um, which was really good. Um, 893 new captures um, <laughs> of existing amps and new yeah. amps, new pedals. So the one I was really, the two I was really looking forward to was the, uh, the Game Changer Plasma Drive. That's on there. Nice. Um, which is like, I made a beeline for that. Uh, they've got the Tone King, um, one of the Tone King amplifiers, which they've put in. Um, one that I, I tried out, and I didn't know what it was. It was only after the video I had a look. It's actually called, I've had to pull it up on my phone, the uh, Metal X M1K. And I had no idea what amp it was meant to be. Uh, and then I Googled it, and it was the Electro Harmonics amp that they bought out okay. years ago. So the, they've got captures of that. Um, yeah, they've added Silver Jubilees. Um, they've even modeled some Axe FX stuff on there as well. Which is, <laughs> what? Yeah, like, which a, is um, a little like bit photocopy mad. A copy and a copy that, isn't it? Gonna say, have they modeled or have they just asked access to send them their, their yeah. digital? <laughs> can, can we copy your home? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure to be honest, uh, but one of the ones uh, one of the ones I saw on there, which I didn't look at, which I will do, is they've added the Mesa Boogie Triaxis, which is kind of like their preamp. Um, I know Metallica used them for a long time. It's like a preamp. Um, not a head, but it was a rack mount piece of gear. I don't know, fully know a lot about it, but it that, that it kind of become a main staple of their rig. Nice. Um, they've added the Mister Black Thunderclaw Fuzzy Overdrive, which is absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. Because I used to own this pedal, and I really regret selling it. because um, no, it was have like a to. high gain. It was a high-gain distortion pedal, but the more gain you kind of bought in, the more it had like a, a fuzzy break up to it. Okay, yeah. And it was really nice over kind of like solos because it just added a different texture to the yeah. to the solos. So that kind of being added in there was was really nice. Um, and is the other stuff they've done is like general UI um, kind of tweaks. So instead of it being like you know. You've got a better search function. Um, you can actually order things now by name. It doesn't, if say you order it by name, it doesn't change how it is in your banks. So you haven't got to think, oh, it's going to change everything if I change it to name. No, it still keeps all the banks of presets that you, you previously had before. Yeah. Um, the mad thing that they've done is they've, they've increased the DSP usage again somehow they've managed to kind of squeeze some more DSP so squeeze the more out of it um and they've increased the number of captures up to three thousand or so now you can hold nice um that's, that's like your that, own capture that that. yeah your own captures are ones you take off the cortex cloud that's not including the the 800 that they've just put in 
mental. It, it's the, the storage in it is is blowing your mind because they've now you could have like eight presets that would have a thousand and I'm going to say seventy two um, presets in each set list, but they've now increased that to twelve set lists. But you still have a thousand and seventy two, I think, in each. Nice. So the amount of, obviously no one's going to have that many presets, yeah. but the fact it's got the storage to do that is it's just... mind blowing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is why, like, I d- I didn't necessarily gloss over some of these in the video. Uh, yeah. They've changed the way the captures are done. Uh, little bits and kind of pieces like that of housekeeping. Yeah. Um, but you know the the new models and the hybrid mode and the 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 IR editor have kind of been the um the yeah the highlight big... of that. So I think last time you mentioned uh you were expecting a um like a computer um, monosynth. Yeah, no an app for it, weren't you? Oh uh, the like editor. A... Yeah, an editor, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, um I was really hoping for the desktop editor. Um still nothing yet. Which Still nothing as of yet. I have spoken, like, I speak to Doug, who is the kind of like the founder of Dark Glass and Neural. Like, we converse quite a lot through Instagram. Um, yeah. And he says it is something that they are, they will be putting in at some point. Um, so I know it's coming. I would have liked it in this update. Um, does it make a huge difference at the moment? Not necessarily. Yes, yeah. it, it's just it's a, not, like a, a quality of life thing rather than a an absolute must. Yeah, like it would have been nice to say, um, like through the Cortex Cloud, whether it's on the app or whether you're doing it on the desktop, to you know, to kind of say, I just really want to tweak something on my Metallica one. You know, you can just tweak it on there, save it, and then. It knows that you've done it on the quad cortex or whatever. You know, not necessarily having to have it hooked up by USB because I know it's got the ability because you, I can send a, like a preset from my one directly to Rabia's cortex because they're linked. Because if you're friends with people on the cortex app, it links your quad cortexes. Uh-huh. So you, they haven't got to go and find your preset or on the cortex cloud. You can just send it directly yeah. to their unit. Like being friends on a console. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, So they've got the ability to do it, and obviously, so it's just kind of going to be waiting for it. But yeah, I imagine they're going to be waiting until it's right rather than like being able to do it, but not quite having, having it perfect. Yeah, I don't. Like the sense I've got with the stuff with Neural that are done is they won't release something or put something on there until it's right, until yeah. it's, it's like everything that they've added so far, they haven't necessarily really had to go back and make changes. There's been the odd few bugs here and there, which they'll always have. Yeah. Um, but it's not like they've had to go, oh, we've released this, but now we've got to take it off you because it's fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. They've they've not had to lock backtrack on stuff because it, they've yeah. made sure it's right first time. Right, I think we should. Which uh, I think is good. We should move on. We've got some got some news that we're going to cover today, but we've also got uh, a little news from last week, and it's the second time that this has happened. 
second time, like the moment we ended the podcast um, two weeks ago, <laughs> it was, oh, news says Jeff Beck's dead. And exactly the same thing happened after the last podcast is that um, David Crosby of Crosby, Stills and Nash, um, yeah, he, he's a gunner as well. So, like, fuck you, 2023. You are becoming a 2016 of a year, which <laughs> we all know how that went. Um, yeah, it's not been the uh, the best <laughs> starts to the year, has it? Let's be honest. We're still in January. I know January, uh, like, it lasts about three months. But it's still, it's not fair. Come on, let's... Let's not do it 2023. Let's just calm it down a little. Yeah. Everybody uh, protect Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, mate. Like, he's he's not looking good these days. He's looking very, very frail. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the same as Ronnie Wood. He'll still be here when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's, oh, he's done enough enough of all of the drugs to just keep him keep him kind of going for the rest of time. He's got the, he's got the magic proportions within him that it's just <laughs> it's like counterbalancing. He's more drug than man. He's a, his insides have been perfectly preserved. <laughs> yeah, he's yep. pickled, isn't he? <laughs> Basically, we digress, but Mister. Cos- not Cosby. Not, not Cosby. <laughs> he could go and die. <laughs> Cross, yeah, Crosby. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I don't... I can't say I'm, like, much of a fan of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young or Crosby, Stills and Nash. Or Wasn't he in The Birds as well? I think he was in The Birds as well. Like, all of that stuff is kind of, like, the people who influence the people that I listen to yeah. rather than something that I've gone and kind of listened to myself. But, like... That that kind of era, and especially Crosby, Stills, and Nash, is always talked about by some of like my favourite musicians. Yeah. So really, I probably should at some point go and like do a deep dive into it. Yeah, there's bound to be stuff there that will will take your fancy. I'm exactly the same. I think it's a UK thing as well, isn't it? They they seem quite popular um, yeah, over, over in the states a lot more than in the UK, and that's not to say that. Like UK artists and like just general people aren't aren't fans, but it's just it's a generational thing as well. They're definitely like a couple of generations before before us. Yeah. So I think we missed missed that one, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there will be. I've never really got Neil Young as well. Um, loads of people saying he's he like he's the one who's influenced it all. Um. And I never really got it. I've heard a few of the hits like Rocket in the Free World. Uh, and it's it's okay, but I don't know. I don't know. But there we go. Like, RIP, uh, Mr. Crosby. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's not have any more of this, please, 2023. That's enough. That's enough. We, as we usually do, we have got a hot take. From last week, we'll do a bit of housekeeping. The second-hand market is currently overpriced, but the bubble will burst. Apparently, the bubble is going to burst. 80% of the people agreed ah. with that statement. 
<laughs> you whatever. Yeah, I'm just laughing at all the delusional people who think that they're going to get a like whatever guitar that they were hoping for for less than what it's on the market for now. I'm just laughing at them, and they can they can wait and they can wait and they can wait, and unless they're willing to overthrow the government, then they'll wait forever, or they'll but, pay the price that it is now or more. Yeah, well, eighty percent of the people said it's going to happen. So by by the law of hot take, it's going to happen. Maybe, um, Josh, you've got a you've got a hot take for us this week, haven't you? You've got a hot take. Yeah, sh- and it, it it's mildly lukewarm. It's mildly lukewarm. It's the way we like um, it. That's uh, that's uh, movie soundtracks uh, have better production than music sound. You know, music albums. So you know. Like Al Metallica or you know anything like that, Pink Floyd movie soundtracks have better production than any musical album. Like throughout history as well. So like the the movies that were being produced in the seventies have better production value than the uh, like the the music. I, of the I think so. I think it's kind of comes down to I think obviously um, a lot more money kind of goes into film and cinema and bits and pieces like that. So, you know, you usually tend to have a bit more of a budget um, that they're willing to spend. And, of you know, obviously when it comes to working with albums, you know, there are some absolutely fantastic albums with monumental, um, you know, studio quality and production. Um, but I think when it comes to, like, having things that are going on, the you know, the the big screen, you know, with things like, I don't know, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings and things like that. The soundtracks have just a better production because there's so many more elements going on into them. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you see see those, um, like, movie, like, movie soundtrack um, productions and you see, like, an absolute studio full of, like, orchestral musicians doing, like, playing the, like, these themes, you're like shit, man. That is, that's immense. Whether the like the the final product quality is is better than music, like like music production. I'm not quality. I'm not necessarily saying that you know uh, it's number one in the Billboard charts. Like, I'm not meaning like obviously with that quality. I'm on about the, the general. Uh, the word I'm looking for sound quality like production value yeah production value I think is a better I I, I'm not sure I could argue against I'm I'm sure like if you look back through and like actually like if if I think about it things that I would argue might might push you are things like if you listen to a Toto album there is a hell of a lot of production value. If you listen to the recording of Africa with a decent set of headphones on, there is a lot more going on than you even would notice as a musician just listening to it. Like there is so there's like three or four like acoustic guitar tracks that you can barely hear that are doing different things and adding different bits and like percussion all over the place. And there is that kind of like added production value. But I hate production value. I abs- if I if I want to listen to a band, 
I want to listen to the band. What I hate is overcompressed every big album, you know, top selling modern album for the last 25 years has far too much compression on it. So you can't really hear any dynamics. I, what I want is every album should sound like Kill 'em All. It should just sound like somebody has stuck a microphone in a room with two guitar cabs, a bass cab, and a drummer, and people are screaming into an SM58. And like, that's that's the kind of production value I want. I don't want to hear your desk take away the the the, dyna- the the dynamics and any kind of tiny mistakes that musicians make. And I'm in a minority. I totally understand that, but I I don't want your production values. I want to I want to know that if I go and watch the band, I will get the same ex- almost the same experience as listening to the album. Yeah. So I, I kind of I sit somewhere in the middle of this. I reckon. I think, um, like aside from the. Um, like the super top forty overcompressed, everything is one volume, and you're basically getting like you you get a, a block of waveform rather than any waveforms. If you listen to the uh, like the overall mix of a of anything within the past kind of twenty years compared to stuff way 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 back in the day. It's just like the the instruments are clearer to hear, and like studio techniques have come on so so much, and the technology that we've got, for the most part, has helped in in the um the that pursuit of like super fidelity with your your um the audio of of what we're we're hearing, um. Along the way, some of it has lost a bit of that character, and I think we've lost sight of that—the beauty of shoving a microphone in a room and just letting happen what happens. Because, like, almost everything, no matter how like how raw it is, gets like the Vocaloid treatment where like auto tune. Uh, so mel- it's Melodyne, isn't it? Sorry, that does the um, the auto tuning, and like ev- even the stuff that you would expect, like the artists that you'd expect would go, no, we don't want any of that. The that'll still be on there somewhere. Yeah. Um. And that that's kind of annoying, but like the the sacrifice for that that kind of uh look fixing the impurities is that you get really really high fidelity audio and you can really clearly hear look what the instruments are doing these days um and like you and i get i get that and to be fair where you need that very much so is is as Josh was like bringing this back to the you know fit like kind of film soundtracks you need it in those film soundtracks because you need the right instrument to be able like to hear the right thing at the right time and you know to have it have it say exactly what the composer wants you to say like if you if you're taking star wars and 
Jurassic Park and like you know the I forget what the dude's name is, is it something Williams is it? Yeah, John Williams. Williams. Yeah, like his stuff. Don't get me wrong, absolutely fantastic. It's all ripped off of Gustav Holst, but we can ignore that and like kind of push <laughs> that down because it's out of copyright, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but like, yeah, absolutely fantastic. But the, yeah, you're right. Like for for the films, like the production quality is. 100% there but it ha- I think it has to be especially like at the volume that you're going to have it in a cinema like it doesn't really matter for you know your TV speakers at home that you know you could fart louder than but like in if you're going to the cinema to try and experience these things like if if the production quality wasn't there on a film you would hear it and it would it would be the first thing that anybody thought of as, as they came out or oh, did you hear that fucking out of tune violin that ruined that really suspenseful moment or <laughs> yeah, like a you know, chair squeaking or <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So like, and I and I get that, but like, there I think there are albums out there that are have that kind of production level, and I don't really think you need it on a band. Yeah, I yeah, I think actually, yeah, the the albums that have the biggest impact on me are the ones that you can hear the fucking just someone chatting in the background of of like track three, like. They forgot to like cut out this certain section of a thing, and you can hear, um, like you can hear someone having a chat in the studio, or like you can hear the squeaking of John Bonham's pedal on yeah. the Zeppelin albums and stuff, stuff like that. It does add the well, character. You hear somebody, somebody's tapping their foot next to a spring tank on an amp, and you can just hear the boing boing, just kind of like just there in the background. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I love, and yeah, just yeah. like the absolute rawness of it. And it's just me. I'm not saying it. Should, everybody should have that opinion. Nah. I'm trying to better myself as a human because apparently I'm a boomer. No, fuck, fuck that is. <laughs> it's, that's character. That is, isn't it? It's character in music. It's it gives you the sense that real humans made that. Thing. yeah and whereas like movie isn't it's not grounded in reality it's not it's not meant to have those human qualities is it i mean yeah like especially like you know star wars like if you're watching things fly through space you've got that suspension of disbelief you don't need to think that everything is being made by a person at that time yeah yeah so actually we're probably talking that we agree that um film production like the music and film production is better by design, but actually, like music production shouldn't be that because the the point, like the the whole idea behind music in film, is to convey the emotion of what you're seeing on screen, whereas the point of music as an art form is to convey the emotion of the people who are making it. And all of those like tiny little flaws show the character of the people who made it and show that it was made by humans. Um, I don't know. This is something that the the listeners can debate because it is down to you. So in the Fretzel podcast group, you will find a poll that I will definitely, definitely make by the time that this comes out. It will be there, don't worry. Um, Where can they find the Fret Talk podcast group? On Facebook. new listener. Go on Facebook. Um, you, there's there's adverts for it in, in Pedal Boards of Doom and you go literally go to the little bar at the top of thing of of the uh of, of Facebook, the like the search bar, and type in Fret Talk Podcast and you can find it. 
the fact that you've done a plug for the, the Fretz Hill podcast group, I'm going to do another plug because I was going to do this this week, but I completely forgot. But Josh, you reminded me so well done. I want I want some um, I want some reviews. I want some reviews to happen. I want if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which used to be iTunes, throw a review on it. If you're listening on Spotify or listening on, I don't know what else, what else are we on like Acast or Stitcher or Amazon, any. Uh, Amazon. Don't have podcasts. We might be. I don't know. Um, if you listen on any any one of those. Throw a review on, hopefully a five star one, because I know, like, you're you're already this far in. You you've got to like it, surely. Please tell us that we're not boomers. <laughs> I mean, you can tell us <laughs> that we're boomers if you like. Just throw a five star review on it, because I think it it really helps spread the word for the podcast, and it's free to do. So just just go ahead and share a bit of the love. Um, we got some news. We got some news. Let's do some news. Right, so we've got two things. We've got Korg. Korg? Not the guy from Thor movies. Ragnarok. Indeed. And Love and Thunder. He's in both. Uh, No, not that guy. Uh, Little rock, paper, scissors joke. No, not him. (laughs) (laughs) That was the worst New Zealand accent I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Go on then. No, <laughs> I can barely do my own accent, let alone other accents. They all sound like racist Indian accents. Yeah, when I yeah, do well, them. Steer clear, steer clear. <laughs> Korg, um, they have released two pedals, but kind of haven't. They've released two pedals: the the harmonic distortion and the power tube reactor. One, the, the HDS is the harmonic distortion. The power tube reactor, power tube reactor. T-S-S. T-S-S. T-R-S, according to this article that you sent me. Oh, is oh, no. it? Oh, no, hang on a bit. Sorry, no, in the title, it's T-R-S, and in the photo, it's T-S-S. There you go. So T-S-S, T-R-S. What? I mean... What? None of that makes sense. Yeah, but why call it, like, of all the things, T-S? Like, really? Really? <laughs> uh, but anyway, so... These what things, flavor it is. <laughs> so these things are they they they're new tube pedals basically. They've got four controls on them. Uh, the the harmonic distortion's got volume, tone, gain, and it's got a built-in noise gate as well. But it also has a little panel on the front with three internal trimmers that you can get to, so you can change the trimmers exactly what we were asking for when we were talking about trim pots. Easily yeah. accessible trim pots. So hats off to you, Korg. Um, and that's uh, for that. I think it's it's three gain stages that you can blend between to give you like a more smooth or a more aggressive uh, distortion tone, which is really cool. So you can like set the flavor of gain to your to your own liking. The uh, power tube reactor has got vo- uh, volume, power sag, mix between direct and uh, tube. And then gain, and there's got three internal trim parts for the power sag, so it affects the power sag by the looks of it, like it's got a tone and all of this sustain and threshold. There you go. So sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And these pedals are about two hundred quid, which for a new tube pedal, which does all of that stuff, you're thinking, 
this this Not might be them. Yeah, they might be onto something here. Where is the drawback? Where <laughs> is the drawback? <laughs> well, there's a big drawback, isn't there? There is. I mean, it it can either be seen as a, a massive drawback or a fun little project for the weekend. One of the two. Basically, you have to build these pedals yourself. It is a pedal kit. It's not built for you, and you have to build them. So you, if you can build pedals, if you know how to build pedals, this could be a way of building something that you feel really, like a, a real self-satisfaction for doing. It's also new tube technology, which I've not soldered before. I don't know what I'm doing with that. I'm sure there's quite a lot of us who haven't done that because there's a video on YouTube for it. Hey. <laughs> Let's see, what a new tube even looks like. A new tube. Uh, well, it's that's little, what they put it's in. Little circuit, they put it in a tube. Was it the TS? They put it in like a new they, tube they screamer, it didn't the they? New tube screamer, yeah. <laughs> Indeed, they did. Um, and so. didn't it absolutely flop? <laughs> yeah, nobody bought one. No, they've did. got them in the little um, Vox heads as well, haven't they? Vox have got some sort of... Oh, yeah, the um, MV50s. Yeah. I think but it was they stupid also... price as well, the tube screen, wasn't it? Like it was 300, 350 yeah. quid. It, when it was yeah. new, it was 350 quid, I don't know. So the, yeah. the, the advert video for this as well excellently has pre-built built pedals in it so that they don't show you the parts and that you've got to put it together. <laughs> standard, standard. Yeah, I think... The the new tube technology itself has been very closely guarded because it was uh, it was developed by Korg, so they license it to people, but they don't like freely give it out. So you don't see like many new tube um, pedal kits on the on the like pedal kit market. Well, so you this... will now because you just buy one of these and then throw the rest of the circuitry away. I mean, <laughs> you could do. Be really expensive, but yeah, yeah, like. 300 quid for just the part. Oh, sorry, 200 quid just for the, the single part. <laughs> little bit, little bit. Buy in bulk. It'll knock 20 quid off. I'm sure, sure they fucking won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there we go. So that's it's a massive kick in the dick, that, isn't it? Um, what do we think, boys? Should a pedal that you're buying for 200 pounds be a DIY kit? No. 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 <laughs> No, you're right. Correct. Like, don't get me wrong. Offer this at 120 quid, maybe, because I know some of the cheap companies are offering, like, painted pedal kits at, like, 100 quid, 100 dollars. Say, okay, it's it's a, a fancy new thing, maybe 100, 120 quid. Even then, I wouldn't do it, but I know some people would. But also, if if you're going to release these as your new pedals offer people you putting them together yourself yeah. so that you know like I, I i won't go anywhere near this because i struggled and struggled to put together basic components onto a pedal and get it all to work i managed it like three or four times when i was doing that what i don't want to do is like new tube technology trim pots Cram yeah. it all into a small enclosure. There's lots of knobs on it. Just, just no. Yeah, there's lots of yet. space to fuck this up, isn't there? And if, not if being do funny, it, I don't like a pizza I've made myself. <laughs> Why am I going to enjoy a pedal I've made myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, there are drawbacks I, here. Yeah. I can't argue with. I just, I, I don't understand. 
if you can, even if you're going to offer this at 200 quid, offer it at 275 quid, but you've made it so that people can check that, you know, they might like this pedal. You can't go in and try this in your local fucking guitar store, can you? Oh, sorry, we, we haven't soldered our one yet. Do you know exactly what it's like? And it's actually probably the perfect reference for this. It's like Caterham. You can buy a Caterham from Caterham for £27,000, for example. And it's ready made for you. There you go. It's a car. I can get in it. I can drive it away. Or you can pay 10 grand less and build it yourself. But if you build it yourself, your wife will leave you. She'll take the kids. (laughs) You'll be left in like a garage doing nothing, peeing in a bucket. It's It's the same principle. I do not want to pay money to build a pedal myself. If I wanted to do that, I'd ask Stuart Tate for help. And actually oh, get yeah, him to yeah, train yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, you'd buy the buy the kit and straight away go, <laughs> Stu, how much are you charging to put this together for me? <laughs> Absolutely. And you know you know then it'll be put together solid. Yeah, and it'll not. work. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I put it together <laughs> if I put it together, there's like a one in five chance that it'll work. Then what what then it would a... happen <laughs> you'd make it, you'd plug your guitar in and you'd from the corner you'd just see and some little blue electrical <laughs> smoke just comes out the side. Yeah, and oh, like, yeah. you know, okay, like, yeah, there's a one in five chance that it'll work, as in the sound will, the sound will come out of it, and then there's a one in five chance that all of the controls will do the right thing. Oh, yeah, so like, like it'll one make one in right 25 sound, of yeah. them that I make might make the right sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you'll get four out of the batch that are fuzz pedals, even though it's not a fuzz pedal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like... Yeah, I've built this wrong, I'm not. And then there's 20 that I just have to throw in the bin because yeah, it, I like can't it work out why they're wrong. Makes strange clicking sounds. Like, <laughs> it kind of passes signal, but it, it's just like clock noise. Yeah. To be, to be fair, I reckon I tried to make about nine pedals and I think three of them were mute switches. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, you made something. <laughs> it, it's not the pedal you were aiming for, but it's still a pedal. Yeah. Right, I think I think we're going to end it there. To be honest, boys, because I looked at the time, we're 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 pretty much on time. We're going to save the Black Star stuff for next week, I reckon. Um, cool. Because why why would we not? Right. So how do we end a podcast? How do we do this? We thank our listeners. Thank you, listeners. We also say thank you to the Patreon listeners, who for as little as two dollars a month, you can be part of this exclusive, amazing. And quite frankly, sexy crew. These people are <laughs> these people are as follows. We've got Mr. Andrew Bimson of The Rising of the Lights. We have got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe and the Just Surprise Me podcast. We have got Mr. Hugh G-Rection. Denny worked it. <laughs> Wrong podcast. Wrong podcast. Um, who else have we got after that we've got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups we've got Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast and the Second Button podcast if you wanted to know where Danny Wacktit was from check out the Tone Jerks podcast and finally we have got Mr. Ross Philpotts booyah those are the coolest people I know Uh, so if you want to catch me online you would catch me at Instagram Facebook and YouTube Slash budget pedal chap. 
YouTube is the home to the No Talk or Tone series, which this this week features um, the uh, K-Line Tiger's Eye. My brain's just completely melted there. The K-Line Tiger's Eye and the the Wampler Triumph Overdrive, both of which big budget pedal thumbs up. Matt, where can we find you online? Uh, You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at heel underscore Matt Q or just just post in the group and tag me and throw abuse at me. I mean, it's been happening this week. It's it's just completely valid as well. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Yeah, it's mainly Bimson. It's mainly Bimson, we'll be honest. Um, But yeah, we're we're cool with that. Josh, where can we find you? You can find me at the Corona Mortis on Instagram and you can find me on YouTube at Josh Castle TCM. Ooh. M for mother. M for mother. <laughs> Excellent. That is that's definitely the phonetic alphabet, isn't it? Was it M M for Movember, isn't Mike. it? Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah M for Movember. And <laughs> A for pterodactyl. <laughs> N, is for, <laughs> N is for Nike. Yeah. Or Nike, whichever. Yeah. I, I have, I have a, a funny story about the phonetic alphabet, but I cannot say it on the podcast, even as the bad joke. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, so, speaking of which, from myself, Mr. Budget Perlter, from Mr. Matt Quine, say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. Hey, and from Mr. Oh, my gosh, it's Josh. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. To Rarabit. Goodbye. Bye. To Rarabit. What do you call a belt made of watches? I don't know what you make it. Oh, it's a waistline, isn't it? It's a waste of time. Oh. oh. That's in Matt's irony. It's like, for <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> I did see an Eric Clapton one on this page of jokes oh. that I'm on. And I was like, oh, an Eric Clapton joke. This would be appropriate. I read it. It was not appropriate. <laughs> Is it the one like, what's the difference between the bag of cocaine and the child? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all, we, yeah, we know that one. <laughs> it's fucking horrendous. It's what it is. <laughs>